Think about this. Much of our work as ranchers revolves around managing and protecting our investments in land, livestock, and other assets. And when you stop and think about it, Every day, we're actively reducing some element of risk in order to protect our assets. But what about protection over things you can't control, like the cattle markets and weather? Today, I talk with Errol Rice of Ranchers Insurance about two products available from the USDA's Risk Management Agency, Livestock Risk Protection and Pasture Range Forage Insurance, on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and thank you for joining us here on our program today. Before we jump into the details of what our show is going to be about today, I wanted to remind you that there are a couple ways that you can listen to us, of course, right here on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM, each Saturday at noon Eastern time is one of the ways, as well as through many of your podcast providers. There's a lot of different podcast avenues out there. You can stay on top of what's going on by clicking on the follow or subscribe button on your podcast app or your program and that'll kind of keep you clued in as when we drop a new episode. Also, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at justinmills.yocowboy. I try to update somewhat regularly, but I'm going to have to tell you as a rancher myself, with summer coming on, things are very busy here on the X-Ring Ranch in Northeast Wyoming, and uh, so I try to do the best I can. going to try to be a little bit better about keeping you up to date on what I'm doing, and I also post on there when we drop a new episode as well. So, Anyway, on our show today, Errol Rice with Ranchers Insurance will be joining me to talk about a couple insurance options for mitigating livestock markets and mitigating poor weather conditions, two things that uh, are at the core for a lot of us in ranching. Really, those two things are at the base. But under the USDA is the Risk Management Agency, and within that agency, they have a couple insurance options that are going. we're going to get more detail on today. One is called the Livestock Risk Protection, or L. LRP, as you hear uh, the acronym of that often, that provides a stopgap on adverse market prices. And the other is called the Pasture Range and Forage uh, Insurance, or PRF, that is targeted more to provide insurance on adverse weather conditions. So we're going to talk about both of these programs today. And I know that, (laughs) you know, it's not one of these hot topics, or another phrase would be kind of a sexy topic. It's definitely not one of those, but it is extremely relevant for today today's rancher and it's something that we do need to understand whether or not you choose to use it so that will be our main feature today also on our show today in just a bit the captain tim o'burn publisher and editor of working ranch magazine will be offering his two cents and in our final segment today we'll catch up with meteorologist don day who is in florida this week you're going to find out why and we're going to talk about how the current weather situation stacks up to other historical weather patterns that we've seen. A quick plug to have you join us next week. Our topic is going to be on conservation easements, the pros and cons of conservation easements. I have several questions and concerns about conservation easements, so be sure to join 
me next week for the Working Ranch Radio Show as we have that discussion. A thank you to our sponsors for today's program of the Working Ranch Radio Show, the American Simmental Association, helping ranchers with pedigree knowledge of actual performance records and now very advanced genomics, providing more predictability to the producer so that you can make management decisions that increase your profitability. Sim Genetics profit through science. Find out more at Simmental.org. Also, Gelvy Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profit choice. For more information, go to Gelvey.org. Performance Beef, easy to use cattle management software. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. Beefmaster, nothing beats a Beefmaster. Find out more at Beefmasters.org. And our final sponsor is the Working Ranch Expo that's going to be held December 8th, 9th, and 10th in Las Vegas during the National Finals Rodeo. And man, I'll tell you, it is starting to fill up nicely. In fact, I would encourage you to check it out. You can go online at workingranchexpo.com and there you'll see a map of the trade show floor and some of the companies that are already booked, ready to, that will be there. It's targeted just for those of us in the ranching industry. And the other nice thing is that it's pretty easy to find because if you if you make it down to the Las Vegas Convention Center and Cowboy Christmas when you go to the finals, then you're there. Yeah, we're going to be right across from Cowboy Christmas, easy to find. So I'm looking forward to being there. The captain, Tim O'Burn, will be there as well and everyone else with Working Ranch Magazine. So be sure to join us December 8th, 9th, and 10th for the Working Ranch Expo in Las Vegas during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. And speaking of the captain who I said would be joining me there in Vegas for the Expo, well, let's check in with him and see what's on for this week's Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin, I love the catchy theme music you picked up from my Tim's Two Cents. Thank you very much. Listeners, here's my question for you today. All you folks out there that took the time and the risk to create your own branded beef product or your own uh, uh, farm-to-fork sale of your beef cattle, I mean, I think that's all wonderful. My question to you is, are you... um, is is the the price point that you are selling your product at today? Um, does that reflect what happened just you know recently, say in the last couple of months in the grocery store, where we've got uh, some choice ribeyes going for fourteen bucks a pound? I'm just kind of curious as to whether your price point, um, whether that activity is following fairly closely on a graph to graph scale as to what's happening in the grocery store get back to justin on that justin tell him how to contact you it's tim's two cents yeah good question there captain so for those of you with your own branded beef farm to fork program how does your price points compare to what's being seen at the grocery store meat counters let us know shoot me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com again that email is justin.workingranch at gmail.com or also call or text either way at 307-363-COWS that's 307-363-COWS let us know we want to know well the june july issue of working ranch magazine is out be sure to be looking for that and if you don't have a subscription you can go to the website at workingranchmag.com. You can easily subscribe there. But something else I wanted to mention here, every issue of Working Ranch Magazine has 
a section in it called the Rancher's Journal. It's very popular. We're needing your help. We are looking for a Texas family that would be willing to submit a 12-day Rancher's Journal. And if you're interested, I'd encourage you to get a hold of the captain, Tim O'Byrne, publisher and editor, as I said before, of Working Ranch Magazine. Contact him. Let him know. You can do it by reaching out to him. His email is tim at workingranchmag.com. Again, that email is tim at workingranchmag.com. All right, well, let's head into break. And when we come back, we're going to start this week's process of becoming just a bit smarter than we were a week ago as we find out more about the risk management agency's insurance products, livestock risk protection, and the pasture range forage insurance. That's coming up next on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Starting off in the right direction is essential to gaining an advantage later when you go to market your calves. And I have proof that the right direction is with Sim Angus Sired Calves. A 2020 study by K-State showed that Sim Angus Sired Steer Calves earn more at sale time than all other breed identified sire groups with at least 50 lots represented on Superior Livestock's 2020 summer sales. The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm your host, Justin Mills. And as I said at the very top of the program, cattle markets and weather, they're, they're two things that we really can't control much in the ranching industry. Yeah, there's ways that we all manage around those two variables, but they're just that. They are variables. Well, in the 1930s, Congress authorized federal crop insurance along with some other initiatives to, in an effort to help agriculture recover from the effects of the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. The Federal Crop Insurance Corporation was created in 1938 to carry out that program. And through the years, there have been expansions to that original crop insurance program and changes made to try and encourage producers to use crop insurance to mitigate losses. A lot of times these losses due to adverse weather conditions. Well, in 1996, the Risk Management Agency was created to administer the Federal Crop Insurance Corporation. And since that time and up through today, what was once an entity more kind of designed, I guess, for farmers and crops has now expanded to provide price protection coverage for livestock and coverage for range and pastures as well, which is what we are going to focus on today. So joining me to provide a little bit more detail is Errol Rice. Errol is with Utah-based Ranchers Insurance, but operates out of Bozeman, Montana. His family, uh, is a, he's a fifth-generation Montanan. Their family's been in ranching since 1877. Now, I first met Errol when he was the executive vice president of the Montana Stock Growers Association. And so today, very pleased to have with us Errol Rice. So Errol, first of all, thank you for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Yeah, Justin, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on, and uh, I'm a big fan of your show. <laughs> well, thank you. And let's first, I always like to do this, and it may be kind of kind of rote for some folks, but I like to start from the beginning and just lay a foundation of what we're talking about today with the Livestock Risk Protection Program, or LRP, or the Pasture Range Forage, the PRF, that we're going to be talking about a little bit today. And it's products that are offered through the Risk Management Agency of the USDA. So let's back up a little bit and talk about the basics of what those are designed to do 
Yeah, sure. Well, I think just focusing in on livestock risk protection and pasture rangeland and forage insurance, I, I would say that those are probably the two most popular products that you're seeing on the on the RMA market today for uh, livestock producers. Um, essentially, you know, it's it's to try to mitigate uh, risk in in a volatile market for LRP, both on the feeder cattle side and and the fed cattle side, and then. The pasture rangeland and forage insurance is really to try to mitigate and, and hedge against lack of precipitation uh, in any given interval throughout the course of a year uh, to try to, you know, just mitigate that risk and volatility for, for today's modern rancher. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the livestock risk protection program and and go into that because uh it's been around a while but there's been some changes made to it uh and i want to i don't want to address all of those kinds of things but let's let's go to the beginning and how it works for a rancher yeah sure well if if you were to take a, a typical livestock uh risk protection uh contract it would it would very much simulate uh uh a put option uh, if you were to be working with a broker, um, where essentially uh, you're you're establishing a floor price uh, for feeder cattle in this example, uh, somewhere uh, into the future, and and just kind of understanding what your what your break evens are and and where you'd like to position yourself in in the market uh, at a future date. Uh, these contracts are designed to to try to provide that that floor price opportunity for most for most ranchers. Mm-hmm. So in in this particular scenario, you you have some calves that you're that you're wanting to protect here. You see this as an option. What's the steps that they do in this? Yeah, so I think obviously the first thing is to you know uh, if you have an existing relationship with a with a crop insurance agency or a provider of of LRP is to you know have a conversation with them. Uh, kind of determine what your goals and objectives are in terms of maybe taking a look at the LRP contract. Uh, as I mentioned, a lot of folks uh, might be their first time uh, taking a look at it. Uh, and most agencies are going to have tools available that can uh, in real time show you what the USDA risk management agency is is offering in terms of a future contract price um, that that's being pulled off of the RMA website. And essentially at the end of each uh, market closing date uh, with the uh, CME, uh, there's a, a feeder cattle index that is, that is being pulled by RMA to establish the, what they feel like the future value of a, uh, of a steer or a heifer is going to be at some date in the future. And that's really the offering that RMA is, is providing you. Mm-hmm. So you can go out 13 weeks, 17 weeks or even almost a full year uh, into the future uh, to, you know, establish your position in, in the feeder cattle market. And then that, that agency can help you uh, establish how many head you want to insure, um, kind of what your timing of your, of your typical marketing would be in the cash market. Um, you can get that locked in and establish that, that, that future price. Uh, and then you, you, go on about your your normal cycle and you're going to market those cattle in the in the in the cash market like you typically would uh, but on the closing date of that uh, LRP contract um, if that if that contract closes lower than what you had established your position then you're going to get paid that difference uh, at the end of that contract period mm-hmm. so there's a, just a lot of things to talk with your agent about just mm-hmm. in terms of your 
your goals, your objectives, kind of your your market timing, and uh, and those sort of things, and and they can run some historical data for you to to see where it might just be a good good spot for you to establish your position in the market. Mm -hmm. Let's use some actual numbers here because I think it'll help guys maybe put it into perspective as far as what, uh, you know, let's take our, our current market now or if you want to back up to April or whatever that may be and use some use some actual numbers and let's lay out a scenario of what that would look like on, say, 100 head of calves. You typically sell them in, in December weighing uh, 500 pounds. So mm-hmm. with that kind of information, um, you know, we're April, May, May calving type of, type of cows. Let's lay out kind of what we would look at and, and then what the numbers we would be looking at in terms of trying to pr- provide some protection on these calves. Yeah. So in most cases, an agent is going to have what they call a an LRP estimator or a, or a quarter tool where you can, you know, sort of establish that that position of, you know, 100 head of calves weighing 500 pounds, um, you know, sort of looking out into the future at a, at a particular date. And, and, and there's going to be a tool that's going to be able to kind of quote you all the way out, mm-hmm. you know, however many months you'd like to go. Um, at which point, you know, there's, there's going to be a contract offering from the RMA uh, based on what I described that they, they pull out their calculations from the feeder cattle index and then uh, they're going to give you an offering price, and then just based on what percentage you would like to insure against that, that could be 99%, uh, that could be 85%, uh, and the and the higher percentage of your of your coverage, obviously the the higher the price of the contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that premium is based upon how much coverage you want, all the way up to 99% to backing down to say an 85% coverage, right? That's exactly right. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Okay. So you, you talked a little bit about how it some, has some similarities to a put option. How is an LRP versus futures hedging or a put option? What are the differences and, and why would they look this way versus going the other way? Yeah. So as a, as a traditional, uh, you know, feeder cattle uh, producer, if you were looking to hedge uh, through a traditional feeder cattle contract, you know, you're you're obviously going to have to abide by some contract specs. Most feeder cattle contracts are fifty thousand pound contracts, so your physical assets of of feeder cattle are going to have to at least fit the specs of a fifty thousand pound contract, or you know, however many contracts that you uh, that you maybe have that underlying asset hedged for. Uh, LRP offers a bit more flexibility in the sense that you don't have to have specific contract. Uh, type specifications. You can insure one head uh, or 25 or, you know, up to 6,000. And so it, it provides quite a bit of flexibility on, on that without having to fit into a traditional uh, contract spec for a feeder, for selling a feeder cattle contract mm-hmm. into the futures market. Um, also, you know, uh, LRP has been modified where you can essentially establish your position with, with unborn calves. Uh, so we saw last spring clients that, um, you know, hadn't even begun calving yet, uh, starting to, to look at, you know, a future date and establishing their market position just as calves were, were starting to hit the ground. So I think that's a very unique uh, adjustment for the program. And then I think the big flexibility is that premiums are due after the coverage ends. So you're not required to, 
to front that upfront premium cost uh, upon the uh, purchase of that contract. You're going to wait till that contract period ends at some point in the future and it closes out. Um, and if it performs well, you're, you're going to get paid the difference. Uh, and if obviously the cash market goes above where you positioned yourself on an LRP contract, uh, you're, you're going to pay premium, but, but hope you realized more upside in the cash market. Uh, just due to a better marketing conditions. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a range? And I and I realize the premium is based upon the amount of coverage. I understand that. What's kind of a range that we're looking at on dollars per head? Can you? Is there anything you can put on that? I, I guess what I'm trying to do is give somebody an idea of you know what's this going to cost. Yeah. So there again, I, I think it's gonna it's gonna vary, um, Justin, just based on the the level of coverage that you wanna that you wanna lock in. It's gonna you know vary on you know what class of cattle you want, uh, a lighter weight steer or a or a heavier weight steer, perhaps. You know, just looking at today's yesterday's numbers um, on some endorsement lengths, maybe 13 weeks out into closing that contract into September. You know, you're looking at a producer cost per head of anywhere from $3.50 a head all the way to potentially $25 a head. And that's at like mm-hmm. a 99% yeah, uh, yeah. coverage based on what's being offered. So there's a pretty big range there. Sure, sure. Um, and most everything is priced on a per hundred weight basis. Um, but then if you really convert that to per head, you you can kind of see the range there. Yeah. Well, let's pause here. When we come back, we're going to talk about protection for adverse weather. And that is with the pasture range and forage insurance product. We're going to talk about it after the break. For commercial cow-calf producers, crossbreeding with Galve and Balancer is the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. Galve and Balancer females offer maternal superiority through increased fertility, greater longevity, and more pounds of calf weaned per cow exposed. In the feed yard, Balancer cattle can offer increased performance, improve feed efficiency, and have excellent carcass merit. Balancers add the pounds, make the grade, and deliver the value. Gelvy and Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. For more information, go to gelvate.org. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. Joining me today is Errol Rice with Ranchers Insurance. In the previous segment, we unwrapped some of the details on the livestock risk protection product available to ranchers for hedging the sale on your livestock, available through the Risk Management Agency. Now, next, Errol, I want to look at the range pasture and forage insurance that's available. Right now, much of this country is seeing some pretty adverse weather conditions. So explain how this product works and what its purpose is for those of us in ranching. Yeah, well, I think just very similarly to what we talked about with the LRP, it's it's to try to protect um, against you know uh, volatility in, in weather patterns and and precipitation, much like you're trying to protect against downward moves in the feeder cattle market with with LRP, and establish a position that you that you feel comfortable with and uh, and and feel protected. So, in the case of pasture range and forage, a very similar concept. Um, a, a ranch can can ensure between 70 and 90 percent of what their normal precipitation is by using local precipitation data uh, that's provided to the risk management agency through the uh, NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, uh, to where there's there's a series of grids set up and, and weather reporting stations that are, that are pulled into an algorithm that are going to establish a historical precipitation amount uh, for your for your location. 
And uh, the interesting thing is that most agencies are going to have really good data going back, you know, 70 some years uh, to where you can really get a good historical perspective as to how how a particular policy configuration would have performed. And so most agencies are going to look at a 10 or a 20 year look back uh, just to see how different intervals of the year would have performed for you uh, where you want to put coverage. And then you kind of just, you know, maneuver it a little bit. If, um, you know, January, February, eight out of 10 years, uh, you'll hit below 90%. Well, then maybe that's where you want to consider putting some coverage. The program was really designed to try to protect people based on when their typical growing season occurs. So, you know, like in Montana or Wyoming, where you are, you know, our growing season is, is pretty critical in, you know, the month of May and June and, you know, towards the end of April. So that's really where a lot of producers are going to look to put some coverage uh, for when that forage and grass values are, are, are typically, you know, within the construct of the growing season. Mm -hmm. And so if, if that lack of precipitation, you know, falls way below normal during those periods of the year, then that's where the policy is going to help protect you from a cash flow perspective in mm -hmm. case you have to go purchase supplemental feed or, um, uh, you know, put your cattle into a, into a dry lot situation for a period of time in hopes that conditions improve uh, later in the summer. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, can give you some tools so that you ultimately don't have to liquidate uh, cattle from the balance sheet mm -hmm. uh, if, if things fall below normal. Mm -hmm. Let's walk through the same thing that we did like with the LRP and let's just walk through an example and what that's going to look like. I've, I've done this once before, so I'm, I'm aware of kind of how it works, but I'm not sure that everybody is. So let's walk through an example of, of just, you know, kind of make up an example here of how that would work and what a producer would be doing. Yeah. So again, if you have already have a, an established relationship with a, with a crop insurance agent uh, and they are, they are uh, selling PRF uh, coverage. Um, most agencies are going to have tools available to them. Um, they're going to pinpoint kind of the, the location of your, of your ranch. And what I like to tell people too is that the PRF, and same with LRP, it, it's not an all or nothing uh, proposition uh, for people that are maybe trying it for the first time. Uh, look at the data, kind of look at, see what the historical numbers are telling you. And, um, and, and try it out. And what I mean by all or nothing is you don't have to put the whole ranch or the whole herd under coverage, uh, but you could, you could take a small percentage that feels right, that doesn't feel like you know, too burdensome of an investment and, and try the product out. So for PRF, it's, it's really kind of understanding what grids uh, that your, your property falls under. Um, and then there's tools available that can sort of see how that grid would have performed or over a historical period of time. And the grids you're talking about are the weather grids, correct? Yep, those are the weather grids. Uh, they're roughly, I believe, 17-mile by 17-mile grids uh, that kind of blanket the, the entire U.S. And so as you look at where your properties uh, fall within those grid configurations, each grid is going to have a different performance over time. And your agent should be able to work with you on... In some cases, you might fall into two different grids, and if it's uh, contiguous acreage, then you might be able to pull uh, the best performing grid to cover the majority of your property. So there's some things that agents can do to really try to maximize the performance of those grids uh, to put you into a policy that, that feels right and has got a high probability of 
you know, working for you if if precipitation starts to fall below that ninety to seventy percent level, uh, whichever you choose. Mm-hmm. With the pasture range and forage, are you going to try to target those months where it's critical to your production, depending on the area you're in, when that rainfall is most needed? Is that what you guys recommend, is that you target those particular months? Yeah, I, I think as a general rule of thumb, that's that's where we try to sort of target uh, coverage. However, that being said, the data might tell a different story, and it might say, you know, eight out of the last 10 years, January and February really fell below uh, 90% of normal. So it might make sense for us to, to put some coverage into those, into those two months. Um, and just really thinking about how to take a bit of a portfolio approach, uh, over the course of a year and, and apply, um, you know, smaller amounts of coverage into different month intervals that, that maybe make sense. Now, in some cases, yeah, it might just make sense to put all your coverage into, into two different intervals, which is your growing season. And uh, that might work out just fine. So again, every ranch is going to be different. Every grid's going to have a different set of numbers. And I think it's just really working with your agent to understand where the data points you and and what it's telling you as to where to place coverage. You bet. When we look at the months that we're doing, they go in increments of two months at a time. Is that correct? Or how how are those months broken out? When you look at a year coverage and months to buy and those things, how does that look? Yeah, those are those those intervals are two month coverages, uh, and you and you can't insure consecutive months. So January, February, uh, February, March, and just all the way down the line. So either odd or even, and mm-hmm. just kind of yeah, place your place your coverages in in that configuration. We're going to take a break here, and when we return, so if you want to utilize these tools, what's the timing look like, and when should you be looking at these options? That's next. When we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM. Payday starts with superior Beefmaster cows. Yes, the Beefmaster female has stayed true to her original purpose, to help ranchers in tough environments improve performance, survivability, and longevity. So if you're giving up ground in traits that matter, consider Beefmasters. The breed will jumpstart your cattle and give your next calf crop a performance boost. Nothing beats a Beefmaster. Learn more about what the Beefmaster cow can do for your herd at beefmasters.org. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. My guest today is Errol Rice with Ranchers Insurance. Now, Errol, we've talked about the details of the livestock risk protection product, the range pasture and forage insurance product. So is there a specific time of the year that we should be putting this together in order to have coverage in place? And I want to first have you talk about timing for LRP and then second timing for RPF because I'm assuming that they're probably going to be different. Yeah. So um, anybody that's looking for a fall delivery type uh, calf or yearling scenario, um, you know, you can look at LRP right now. Uh, For the PRF, there is a specific sign-up period that starts September 1 uh, and runs through November 15th. So you've got that window from September 1 to November 15th to kind of work with your agent. get dialed in on, on maybe where you want to go for that following year and, and get things locked in. Mm-hmm. And back to the LRP, there are some there are some divisions within those contracts you can look at that are broken out based upon the weight of those calves, correct? Yeah, so uh, 
yeah, a couple different weight classes of, of steers, uh, heifers, uh, for different parts of the country. There's, there's even, uh, contract specs for dairy cattle that are going on feed and, and Brahma influenced cattle as well. So a lot of different, uh, options for people to take a look at depending on where you're at and, and what kind of business you're in. Arrow, when it comes to talking about insurance, I said at the top of the program, this isn't the big, hot, sexy topic of the day, but it's a topic, nevertheless, that's a business decision. It's part of our business. And I think if, if you have a desire to be a rancher that wants to try to capitalize on profit potential within your operation... Whether or not you use these tools, you still need to understand them and and see what they have available, whether or not they could be useful. But I think this is a topic, it it sometimes is confusing, or it sounds confusing, and it's, quote, another insurance product. And so we get skeptical of whether or not it's a tool that we can use. So why would we take the time to figure it out? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a question we get all the time from from prospective clients and and even current clients is it's it's a it's a learning process and I uh, I think the difference between some of these products and you know maybe a typical property and casualty product for your car or, or general liability is is really kind of establishing a good relationship with your agent and and maintaining a a pretty constant level of communication. Uh, these policies aren't really uh, we sign up and then you know you never hear from your agent again. Uh, if that is what's happening, then I'd encourage you to look for someone that you can just really build a partnership with and someone that can you know keep you updated in real time as to you know how either PRF grids are, are closing out and performing as you go throughout the year uh, or on the LRP keeping you updated in real time as to what what the RMA offerings are going to be at the close of market. Uh, so that you can make some good real-time decisions as to where you want to get where you want to get locked in uh, on some of these products. And so, again, I also go back to the best way to to learn these products is to utilize them, and it doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing approach. Uh, we have clients all the time, uh, like with LRP, they they don't put everything under LRP, but they're going to put a portion of their of their calf crop uh, or their yearlings into the product, and and just see how it works for them and see how the mechanics work. Uh, get a better understanding for the timing of the cycle, mm-hmm. and uh, and if it works, they might they might grow the policy then the next year. Same same with PRF, mm-hmm. and um, you know we just like to tell people just to just to try it. We can kind of get them into it into a low risk uh, type situation, and you know see how it works for them. Mm-hmm. You know I shared with you my experience with the pasture range and forage, and and I you know it was kind of a one I did it once and then never did it again. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Is there a time frame that you would recommend say, you know, hey, give us X amount of years to, to try to develop a good program for you? Yeah, and I think as you, again, as you work with your agent or your agency, there's some really good backcasting tools out there that can really show you sort of a longer term game plan as to how the, the policies would have performed over time. And I, I do think it's it's trying to think more about the long game. Uh, if you're If you're doing it to kind of you know, place your bets on what you think next year is going to do, and and you get in and out of these deals um, at a, at a, either a high coverage or a, or a high uh, amount of premium. That it's maybe not the way to approach it, but to really think about it from a risk management perspective. You know, what you can afford, uh, what feels right from a risk tolerance standpoint, and you know, hopefully it it puts you in a position that if if things do get bad, either from a market perspective on LRP or from a from a precipitation for PRF, you're 
you're glad you have it because it's going to perform for you Mm -hmm. and not try to jump in and out of it from year to year. Mm -hmm. When you go to the risk management agency website, they talk about these products being there for adverse market conditions or adverse weather conditions. So how do you address, okay, markets are up, weather, we're getting rain, uh, prices are up. Do these products still have viability when the market's going up or we're having rain? Yeah. And again, I think, I think as you look at where you want to, on the LRP, um, I think the, the policies can perform during uh, upward moves in, in the market, um, just based on where you're kind of timing yourself uh, within that. And again, on, on the PRF, um, you know, overall, you might have a, a typically fairly normal year, but in certain intervals of the year, uh, maybe it was really dry in January, February, March. Um, but then things kind of picked up again in, you know, April, May, and June. And so, you know, I, these policies I think are a little more sophisticated than like kind of a standard FSA severe drought type, uh, scenario mm-hmm. or like, a where you have to, you know, lose 50% of your, of your production, just given the, the drought monitor and things like that, they, they really can be utilized, uh, in some cases, uh, almost normal year, mm-hmm. just depending what the data shows you. Sure. Are you confident in the, in the history, the background data that you were referring to, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to help us in terms of giving us some pinpoint direction on, on, on these products? I, I think it's very useful data uh, to work with your agents on. You know, what, is, what does the historical data show us? Um, again, I always like to say historical data does not guarantee future results. Uh, so I think just as producers know that going in eyes wide open and, and just thinking about, you know, layering this in on, as to what feels right, uh, it can be very beneficial for, for folks. And, and we've seen that in our clients as well. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break here. When we come back, the industry has changed since dad and grandpa started the operation. How do these programs fit in today's ranching operation? We'll be back to talk about it after this. How do you manage data for your cattle business? Stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs. Get real-time access from anywhere with Performance Beef. Update rations, generate real-time closeout reports, record health data at the chute, in the pen, or pasture, or analyze performance trends all in one place with ease. Your feed, financial, and health information is integrated in one easy-to-use platform accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to learn more and request a demo. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm your host, Justin Mills. We're pleased to have with us today Errol Rice as we've been talking about insurance products available to the rancher through the USDA's Risk Management Agency, specifically talking about the Livestock Risk Protection product and the Range Pasture Forage Insurance product. Now, while the general concept of what a rancher does or contributes to our society really has not changed over the years, such as we're still raising cattle to provide a safe and healthy product for our society, 
However, operating and managing that ranching business has changed some since dad and grandpa's era. And I often hear a lot of times in agriculture circles, especially when it's on a topic that could be challenging some of the traditional methods, quote, it's not like grandpa did it, unquote. And by no means are we disrespecting what dad or grandpa did, because I'm sure there's a lot of us that wouldn't be on the ranch if it wasn't for one or both of them. But these are tools available for literally today's rancher and arrow they weren't around back then but i believe that these tools for today's rancher should be investigated to see if it is a viable and useful tool for someone's operation yeah i I think so and again i mean every every ranch is going to be different uh everybody's going to have different uh you know, levels of the balance sheet or, or input costs. But I think it, it is a tool that wasn't made available to us and hasn't been available to us over the past decade. Uh, and I think the RMA is doing a good job working with the private sector to, to develop more products. I, I'm fully confident there's going to be more products that are going to come online here that um, that are going to be worth taking a hard look at. And so, again, it's, um, it's, a, it's a based on kind of what your situation is and and where you want to go with your with your overall business plan and, and just see how some of these risk management products can can kind of fit into it. Mm-hmm. I want to create a scenario here for you now. And, and, you know, both you and I raised on a ranch, you know, and, and so you're sitting across the kitchen table from mom and dad and, and you're saying, mom and dad, this is what you need to do. And I want you to I want you to give me that pitch as though you were sitting across the table from mom and dad of why this is important. Yeah, sure. Well, I think you know, the, the thing that I like about is I really like just sitting down with a, with a family or a, or a producer or a rancher and just trying to get a better understanding as, to, you know, what's keeping you up at night? Um, what are your hurdles to, to execution on some of these things? And, and, and yeah, you, you've heard the, the stories about, you know, things just feel different, whether it's the precipitation data or the market conditions, um, and I think a lot of the younger producers that I'm that I'm engaging with that are they're back there trying to kind of figure out the model are are really trying to take a bit of a portfolio approach. So again, it's it's maybe yeah we are going to layer on a, an element of of PRF, and uh, if if things do fall below normal, that's going to kick in for us. Or they're also looking at some innovations to realize and and harvest some of the recreational values of the ranch that. To, that they just haven't been able to do before, but there's tools out there in the market that are helping them promote and make a recreational offering, whether that's hunting and fishing or people that want to pay to come out and watch birds or go mountain biking or whatever. So I think you're just seeing a number of these tools kind of come online that hopefully can be viewed as as practical and, and can be a part of your overall long range plan as a as a ranch family or, or a business or an operation that that maybe guys like you and I are, are talking to mom and dad about. Mm-hmm. And back to the, the first move, if, if you had to advise somebody, the first move they need to make is what? I think just talking to an agent, if you have that relationship and just trying to get a better understanding as to, you know, how the mechanics work. And, and again, it's, it's a no obligation deal. If it feels right, maybe try it, give it a shot, learn, learn the ins and outs of the contracts and, and just, you got to start somewhere. Well, Errol, I want to thank you for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, thank you for all that you do uh, for the industry and, and educate your listeners on, on some of these important topics. 
You bet. Well, thanks again to my guest today as we become a little bit more educated about LRP, the Livestock Risk Protection, and RPF, Range Pasture and Forage Insurance. Now, I might mention here that if you have more questions about this, you would like to get a hold of Errol Rice on this topic and the products offered through the Risk Management Agency, please feel free to give him a call. He, along with uh, any of the folks at Ranchers Insurance, can answer your questions. They work with folks in about every state that has livestock, and I'll add, they have a pretty deep bench when it comes to folks with experience on this topic. So if you'd like to find out more, you can go to and get contact information. Go to ranchersinsurance.com. Again, it's ranchersinsurance.com. Uh, also, you can go to the RMA website. They have a lot of resources available on there, not only explaining the programs, but worksheets, calculators, and just overall a lot of resources available on the RMA website, which is rma.usda.gov or search, just search in your web browser under USDA Risk Management Agency. Well, up next, meteorologist Don Day joins us. Find out why he is calling in from Florida and how this current weather pattern across the country stacks up to historical weather patterns right here on the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XL. Shh, hear that? It's a quiet, easy-handling Hereford cow. That's right, no broken fences, no busted gates, no injured people. Herefords lead the way in the silent traits and fertility. Studies show they increase profitability by more than $51 per cow per year. At the same time, that's real money and real results. Isn't it time for you to come home to Hereford? Learn more at Hereford.org. If you could do something today that would bring you a profit tomorrow, would you do it? In the cattle business, it's about efficiency. And with Limousine Genetics in your herd, your profit is just one calf crop away. With Limousine or Limflex cattle, it's more pounds, naturally, to sell at weaning. It's growth and feed efficiency with the added benefit of carcass merit. The other side of the profit coin with Limousine Genetics is the maternal efficiency, dosage and longevity of your cows and bulls. It's as simple as limousine today, profit tomorrow. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show, joined now by meteorologist Don Day. And Don, thanks for joining us all the way from Florida right now. And we're usually going to talk about the weather, but real quick, what are you doing in Florida? Well, I um, part of my job is I do a lot of consulting for meteorology that involves the stratosphere. So I help out on a lot of aviation projects that uh, go into the atmosphere, whether it's a airship, it's a balloon, or it's some type of aircraft. And so I'm down here uh, part of a new project. Okay. All right. Well, I I know you'd mentioned it a while ago when we talked on the phone, so I thought it'd be interesting for folks to know that uh, you're, you're more than just a meteorologist in terms of telling everybody what the weather's going to be every day, but some other things that are quite interesting as well. So let's look out to the next two to three weeks and the the weather pattern for the most part is not seeing any drastic changes. We kind of see that hot, dry weather continuing across the areas that are currently hot and dry and moisture down in the southeast do we see any significant changes off of that for the next couple of weeks unfortunately the answer is no for the next two weeks if you're wet you're going to stay wet if you're hot and dry you're you're going to stay that way now will there be a few areas that will be in between 
Yeah, there will be, but the the Great Basin states and areas west of the Continental Divide, you know, you look at Nevada, Utah, California, Arizona, New Mexico, and western parts of Colorado, western parts of Wyoming, uh, you know, the, the drought conditions uh, continue to worsen. And in those areas I just mentioned, the next couple of weeks, it's it's very little or no rain chances. Parts of the south central and southeastern United States have been very wet, and there's a an area of upper level low pressure that will bring uh, some wet weather to uh, the southern and eastern parts of the Corn Belt and parts of the Ohio Valley and parts of the south central United States. And then a wide swath of heat and dryness will extend from the Great Basin through the central and northern Rockies. Um, we may see an area of enhanced shower and thunderstorm activity right along the U.S.-Canadian border. So that may benefit parts of Montana, parts of North Dakota, and the Northern Plains. But by and large, Justin, a lot of the United States, the Central and the West, continues uh, with a very dry pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, and the tough thing now is with these isolated thunderstorms that are happening across the West, it's lightning with it too. And there's just not enough moisture coming down with these storms to do anything against any lightning fires. That's right. In fact, a lot of times these thunderstorms, when they don't have a lot of water to work with, are, are really just no good because they don't bring much benefit. A lot of times they, they're hail producers. You mentioned lightning, you know, that can be fire starters. And you get also some very strong wind gusts with it. Now, I will tell you this, that the month of June can sometimes be a time of transition between leaving spring and heading into summer and sometimes what will happen towards the middle to the end of june is that you start to see some of that subtropical moisture come up out of mexico and central america into some areas of the western united states and after june 20th or so we do see that possibility of maybe some better precipitation parts for the dry parts of the west but until then it's going to be really tricky to break this pattern now we're kind of stuck in gear right Mm-hmm. And I, I think one way I can predict maybe some rain, if that'll help some guys, I'm going to brand around the 21st or 22nd. So will that will that help to bring some rain maybe? do You know, this is what you can do to help it rain. Wash your car or truck, start branding, schedule a track meet or an outdoor wedding. If you do all <laughs> of those things, that really helps bring on the rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Back on more of a serious note here, though. Uh, historically, how does this weather situation we're in now look like in our weather history? This really reminds me of 2011 and 2012. Um, 2012, for most of the lower 48 states, was drier and warmer than normal. Now, we didn't see as much moisture in the southeast United States as we're seeing right now, but there are a lot of similarities. And, and, and Justin, it should be no surprise. 2011 and 2012 was the strongest La Nina we've had since the one that we've been going through right now. And so there are a lot of parallels to 2011 and 2012 in terms of dryness and also now this heat that's building. Um, it's also no surprise that uh, the 2011-2000 timeframe was we had just gotten out of our solar minimum. And that's exactly what's happened now. So you tend to have Every 10 or 11 years or so, plus or minus a year, in some parts of the central United States and the West, you do tend to have some drier periods when these La Ninas get stronger. And unfortunately, it looks like as we go through the rest of spring and into summer 2021, uh, some of those La Nina impacts are going to continue for another summer season. Mm -hmm. Well, Don, thanks for joining us and enjoy your time in hot, muggy Florida. 
And that it is. Hot and muggy is what it is, and that's how it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Talk to you soon. Don Day with dayweather.com, and you can find his daily video podcast on his website. And I stress the word video just for that reason, so that you know that he does have graphics that comes with his daily uh, podcast that kind of helps explain what his perspective and his view on what the weather is going to be doing across the country. So if you go to his website, dayweather.com, you can subscribe there. It kicks out every morning, Monday through Friday. Uh, thank you to my other guests as well here on the Working Ranch Radio Show for today, Mr. Errol Rice with Ranchers Insurance. And as I said earlier, if you have questions about the Livestock Risk Protection Insurance or the range pasture forage insurance feel free to give them a call at ranchers insurance their website just that ranchersinsurance.com also if you want to do some research on your own you can go to the risk management agency's website at rma.usda.gov or it's pretty easy also just to search in your address bar under usda risk management agency thank you to our sponsors for today's program the american simmental association sim genetics Profit through science. Find out more at Simmental.org. Gelb V Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. Find more information. Go to Gelvy.org. Performance Beef, easy to use cattle management software. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. Beefmaster, nothing beats a Beefmaster. Find out more at Beefmasters.org. And our final sponsor is the Working Ranch Expo. This three-day event is going to be held December 8th, 9th, and 10th in Las Vegas. Join all of us from the Working Ranch Magazine. We will be down there. Excited to have this first event uh, for folks as it's targeted just for ranchers, for cattle producers in mind. And I'll tell you, if you are a business and the ranching industry is your target demographic, then this is the show you're going to want to be at. Jump in now with the booth before it's too late. You can find out more at WorkingRanchExpo.com. Well, if you'd like to get a hold of me about a topic you'd like us to cover here on the Working Ranch Radio Show or you have questions about some of our topics, please get a hold of us. You can get a hold of me by calling or texting the studio at 307-363-COWS or you can also shoot me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com the working ranch radio show is a production of working ranch magazine join us each saturday right here 12 noon eastern on rural radio channel 147 sirius xm or on your podcast provider thanks again for joining me i'm your host justin mills and until next time keep your chin down and your mind in the middle so long